You're wearing glasses now, Horry. I just to read. Yeah, oh, I just, want to see. Yeah. We've all got I, glasses now. I'm, I'm very green. <laughs> I don't have my glasses. I, I can't really see it. It's all blurry. What's so. that T-shirt you got on? It's a triathlon T-shirt. Yeah, it's it's a husky. I've got a husky. Oh, you went down the challenge series. Yeah. yeah. No, I did. I did the husky long course um, twice, probably five or six years ago. Oh yeah. This is one of my favourite long sleeve t-shirts. It's just nice and comfy mm. to wear. Comfy, so you'll keep wearing it until it falls apart. That's what you do. Pretty much. <laughs> and it's yeah. you know, and it's something about you know when we get t-shirts and that from races these days, they're all like running material. Mm. It's mm. nice that old cotton thing that just is nice and soft to wear. Yeah, I agree. The old stuff's much better. We've got yeah, I've taken yeah. to cutting out the front of them now, so I still have the sort of the words and the pictures, and they're sort of sitting there because <laughs> the, the t-shirts are all ragged on the collar and they <laughs> holes in them and things like that. What did you do with all your t-shirts, Kevin? Um, I've just I, a lot of ones I got from swimming were just crappy shirts, so I piled them all up. And at the end of the end of the summer, I just send them off to the you know the salvos and whatever. But my old favourites are all falling apart, but they're comfortable, and that's I just keep wearing them. So yeah, to the to the point where the logos you can't even see what the logos wear anymore. Is that yeah. when you're out I've on the tools? I've still got my favourite shirt. I've, st- I've still got the Ballarat Fifty Miler from 1986. And where was that? Around uh, around it was around a one mile circuit in Ballarat, um, beside the lake, Lake Wendaree. Wow, I like. Uh, yeah, it was uh, the coldest day of my life. It was zero degrees the whole day. <laughs> that right? Wow. Yeah, yeah, it was cold, but uh, yeah, still got the favourite shirt. You well, can I must see the logo now. My, my favourite memory from Lake Windaree when I did a took the family on a tour of Victoria, uh, probably about eighteen years ago now, was um, I was running around Lake Windaree at the same time Steve Monaghetti was Monaghetti, running around. Yeah, I think everyone that's ever been out. Everyone's ever been up there will tell you they saw Steve Monteghetti running past because uh, wow, yeah, that's, that's cool. basically his, his training track. Yeah. It's called the Steve Monteghetti track now. It's a six yeah. k six yeah, k right. path around there. Yeah, so it's all yeah. marked out every half a k. Um, What's your favourite yeah. shirt, Hori? Oh, this is one of them. Uh, I've got got a few, but just randoms. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nothing, nothing significant, but I just like them. Um, old cotton shirts, but not every cotton shirt's a good shirt. A lot of them, a lot of them have ended up in in bags under the house. I, I can't bear to throw them out. Yeah, <laughs> so I, just, I know the feeling. Out. Yeah, I might as well mm. throw them out, but I don't know what I'm saving them for. But anyway, <laughs> turn them into a, a duna cover or something. Yeah, yeah somebody. Somebody I know did do that. I can't remember who, but, yeah, that was a good idea. I cut mine up to do that, but I realised that there were different thicknesses and then they went to the modern material and it wouldn't go. Oh, so made it a okay. bit difficult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, that's a bit of a problem. Did you watch – Horry, did you do the Western States? Were you part of the 2007 assault? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've done it twice. I, wow. I was part of the Aussie assault in 07. And then uh, Belinda and I went over and did it in 2010, but how we only made it. We only made it to Devil's Farm. How did you? Oh, in 07, that was huge. And and Kevin, when did you do? You did one of the earlier ones. Um, 1997. 
97. Yeah. Matt, this is Matt, this is a race that started 40 years ago, I think, next year. And it, it used to be a horse race. And this legend, legend is, which is true, one guy's it's horse fell step. over and another guy just decided to run it. And so it's been running ever since. It was on last weekend. Did you watch it yeah. at all, the live coverage on the weekend? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. I didn't, know. I'd forgotten it was on. I've sort oh. of dropped out of the scene these days. Yeah. What forms we playing with them these days? What's that? Yeah, he's... He Jim Warmsley, oh. so much better than the rest of them. He's just playing with them, mate. This guy, Jim Warmsley, Maddie, he he won by eighty minutes. Eighty minutes. Eighty minutes. Eighty oh. minutes. He won it by under fifteen hours. By eighty minutes, wow. and and he. He, he released his Strava about a month out. He's been injured. He had an ITB injury. So he spent the, the six, probably the first four months or so of the year um, riding a bike, he said. Then he got on, then he got on and just built and strength training and he just turned up on the day. And um, is that that first climb? Can you remember it, you guys? Like that looks so. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that goes to the peak and that's the highest point of the course when you look at the elevation. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And it took There's those guys 40 minutes. What's that? There's a lot more down than up in the Western States. Yeah, yeah I see sure. like that. There's lots of climbing, but there's just, there's more um, more down as well. That, by the time you finish, your quads are just mashed, mashed. Yeah. <laughs> that's just legendary that you've, you guys have done that. I Like, I wouldn't even get into those things, let alone qualify. What um I've got a mate um who's married to an American lady and um he her brother lives is a gold miner panner on the American River America River I think it's called yeah American River American River somewhere yeah. between Forestville and Auburn I don't know if, it's, if that's the river they sort of have the ropes to get across and he tells yeah, the story it, it, it is, is. It, yeah, yeah and he tells the story that he was down there panning about thirty years ago. And he said while he was down there, about four guys came out of the trail into the bu- out of the bush and they looked like death warmed up. They didn't hadn't taken any <laughs> drinks with them. They had no food. They were collapsing and they basically chucked them in the back of the the um the traditional um American big ute and took them back up the hill to Forest Hill so they wouldn't die. And you know, and he, they offered he's a local down there and the impression I get in the off season, there's bears and there's rattlesnakes and all sorts of things. Mm. Is that true? Mountain lions. Mountain lions. Well, I, I I will tell you a story. Like Belinda and I, like I said, the year we did it together, that was 2010. We dropped it um, at Devil's Thumb, and then they uh, because it, your crew wasn't allowed at Devil's Farm. Um, your crew was. Uh, uh, and that's why I wanted to go ahead because our Carol LaPlante and Mushroom Boy were crewing for us. They were um, scheduled to meet us at Michigan Bluff, which was the next um, checkpoint. And we could have kept going because we, we just made the cut there. And uh, But Belinda sort of got cold feet and didn't want to do it and decided not nah, had enough. And anyway, I said, oh, how do we get to see our crew now? You know what I mean? Like, and the, the blokes on that aid station said, oh, we'll give you a lift. So they said, oh, we can give you a lift to Forest Hill. I went, oh, okay. And while we were driving, this bear ran across the road, oh. <laughs> a brown bear. It was about 100 metres in front of us like this. It wasn't a huge thing. It was big enough. And I'm thinking, 
So, you know, when you're talking about there's bears and that, yeah, even on race day there's bears. So mm-hmm. I don't know how far that was from the actual trail, but it's a good-sized bear. Wow. Yeah, well, well it'd make you run fast, wouldn't it? <laughs> if you so. You'd only have to run faster than the, than the other runners you're with. <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah. It's it was... like triathlons, be in the middle of the pack, not the front or the back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when you did it, Kevin, was it big? Like, I have to look it up. Who won it in 96, oh, 97? In 97, the winner was Mike Morton. Yep. And, uh, well, my lights have just gone out now. Yeah. Um, he was Mike Morton, and he set a course record by a huge margin with a time of 15.35. Wow. And that's was a record for a long, long time. But uh, yeah. Yeah, we now know it's since been broken. So, well, Jim yeah. Walms set the new record two years ago, 1409. Was that what it was? 1409. Yeah, 14, wow. he, he was on target to break it this year, but it, was, it just got I'm too bad. hot. And he was so yeah. far, he made a conscious decision that he wanted to play it safe and, and make sure he finished so he slowed down. Oh, and if you think he would have <laughs> and he would have won four in a row if he didn't do that little wrong turn towards the end back in yeah, 17. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah he, he ended up going. I think he, um, I don't think he had enough fluids on him and he he got dehydrated and, and confused and he, he had a bit down that year. Yeah. Well, I've, I've okay, boys, now look, I've got, I've got to go. I've got to go now. Sorry to interrupt. I'm just going to. Um, wave goodbye and say it's been a great chat, but I'm just chiming out now. And you guys, please please continue on, and hopefully we'll so, meet sorry, up again Matty, soon. Sorry, you with all the running stories. No, <laughs> no, it's not. It's not boring at all. It's fine. He's I've going just, to a farm. I've got, I've got a yeah. meeting at. Uh, I've got well, band practice in ten minutes. Last night, you weren't sure if you were going to be able to. to to dial in so it's good to have you for this long yeah, anyway it's good yeah likewise Hori. good to meet you and good to keep up with what's happening in melbourne which is no rules at all according to Kevin. no rules at all do as you like yeah it's, it's pretty <laughs> still meant to have a mask in the supermarket gotta get out of, get down there so enjoy your yeah. band practice maddie all right good night guys see ya so when you um did um, that it's 96. Was it they only had 300 in the race last week? How many were in it when you did it? Um, oh, it used to sell out back then, yeah. It wasn't quite as bad because this was pre internet, but um, being from overseas guaranteed you a start basically right. back then. Uh, it doesn't now, from what I can gather, five places so. reserved for overseas entrance, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, the overseas entrance got straight in, but there were always people that missed out every year. I think locals only got a chance about every third year back then. Uh, oh. It became very popular very quickly. Yeah. Uh, in, in, the, the, in the 07 yeah. assault, well, Andrew Vise got in the top 20, didn't he? Is that right? Oh, Andrew no, Vise, yeah. Part of 07. Wasn't he? No. The best place in Australia that year was Martin Fryer. Oh, yeah? What did he do? Martin, well, I think Martin Fryer come 20th. All oh, right. And, but Andrew did, it, did Andrew do it a year or so later, did he? Andrew did it in 2011. Right, okay. But he, he yeah. I don't think he, 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 he might have been top 20. He was about 19 hours, I think. 
Right. And, and what did um, Martin do it in? Martin did it in about 20 hours, I think. Right. Okay. Okay. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting, yeah, is it? My memory's all fuzzy there. I was sort of slowly drifting out of the scene. <laughs> yeah. That's when you sort of retired from ultra running. We, Pretty we much, kept, yeah. I kept hearing these stories about this guy called Kevin Cassidy. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. They're all, all bad stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You were volunteering at the Great Ocean Walk. Um, yeah. One of the, yeah. That's right. I'll, I'll never forget that first year at the Great Ocean Walk. I was at Joanna Beach. And it's when they had the um, the 100 miler, so they were coming back as well. So I had to spend all night. But I didn't make it very far. I ended up with food poisoning. Yeah. Oh, geez. Well, well I, hope, I hope you didn't get it from me. <laughs> but, no, um, I didn't get it from you. I got it from... Uh, my wife decided to um, to buy some sort of cut price dairy products uh, that, and put it on our sandwiches for lunch, and I think it was a bit off. <laughs> oh, it wouldn't take much, now, I my, guess. My memory yeah. of that night was that that runners coming back. There was about they were up to two hours between runners, so yeah. I was up all night. Uh, I wanted to sleep. I dozed off to sleep. Next thing, I'm woken by a noise, and there was a fox in the tent eating food. <laughs> oh. oh. If it to- the fox had to decide to have a go at me, I was in trouble. So <laughs> yeah. I couldn't sleep for the rest of the night. I, it was pitch black, and I just had to keep awakening at the front of the tent to scare the fox away. So that was my <laughs> night. Yeah. And I remember Brick turning up at about four in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, then the sun came up. Yeah, I was glad to see the 100-mile drop off the program, so it's all over by midnight now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. How did you pull pull up after your fifty five k race? What's it called again? You did it this year. Oh, Frankston to Portsea. Yeah. How was that? Um, yeah, I, I expected to be over seven hours, so I was six hours twenty. I mean, I used to do four hours twenty years ago, but that doesn't matter. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I actually did did much better than I was expecting because I had two training runs that were just woeful in the weeks leading up to it. Um. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah, I was, I was no sore spots or anything. I was just glad it was all over. Why did you want to do it again this year? What was the motivation? Oh, I've had some people in my ear for a while about doing it, doing a tenth one, finished oh, ten right. times. Because I finished my ninth way back in way back when, twenty years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so I dragged myself through for another finish. Uh, but that's it, though. I'll be back in the car next year just doing the <laughs> driving along with drinks. <laughs> yes, yeah, streaks are a rod on your back because I. I <laughs> I did 10 oh, million triathlons and then I had a 10 year break and I thought, oh, yeah. well, I better keep going. And I got to 20 and then someone said, you go do any more. I said, no, nah, that's it. <laughs> do yeah. any more. What, what's yeah, your streak in? The longer the streak goes, the harder, harder it becomes. The, you know, it becomes a bigger pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a relief just to say, right, I don't have to do that anymore. I think I did the first 10 Sydney Morning Herald halves. So I was with that group yeah. that's done, some have done 20, 25 now, haven't they? I think, yeah, 25 now. I think Steve Mistsid's part of that group. And Johnny Dark was before he died. Yeah. Uh, hmm. So there's what, a bit, there's a few. What are your streaks in, Horry? Oh, my my uh, biggest one's a six-foot track. Oh, I'm, I'm on 15 now. Wow. 15? Well, I think I did three. <laughs> <laughs> Two. But the funny thing was, like, I knew people that, you know, once they did their 12th, they said, that's it. And I go, but you're still good enough to run it like next year. And they go, 
it's not next year that worries me. It's that you get like a um, a memento for every six that you do. You know what I mean? Yeah. You get the buck six and you get the belt for 12 and then you get the jacket for 18. Mm. And, and, uh, and, and both of them said, there's no way I'm going to do this another six times. And now I'm halfway through. I'm yeah. to, I hope I can make it to 18. I was going yeah, to ask, what's again. it like getting the cut off now? Oh, well, this year I, I struggled. I, I cramped a lot earlier than usual. And I, I honestly, it, um, when I got to the pluvia, I, I thought I'm not going to make it. You know what I mean? Wow. I could um, barely walk and run. And um, and I made it with about three and a half minutes to spare, I think. Oh, that's pressure. Uh, yeah. It was, it was a struggle. So, you know, it, like I said to Belinda, if, if I'm going to keep doing these, I think I need to do a bit more training. <laughs> training always yeah. helps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm at the stage of my life and my running where I, I train, but I just do enough. You know what I mean? Mm. Like in my yeah. own mind, that's enough. That'll get me to um, finish a marathon. And, and, you know, my times are getting slower, but I don't care. But with six foot, you've got a cutoff, so you've got to be a bit quicker. And yeah. and with the terrain and everything, that just obviously, you know, puts a lot of strain through my muscles that they're just not trained up to deal with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, my, my bit of training is all right to get me through a marathon, but as we know, six foot's, uh, you know, about a marathon and a half, the mm. equivalent of and it's yeah. um, it, it's tough, you know, so... I, I, I said to Belinda, I'm going to keep doing it, but I'm going to get out and do more running on the trails and mm. more hill climbing and stuff like that. It's just oh. you've got to prepare for the race you're doing, you know. You've got you've got to got to do the three more. You can't stop now. Oh, yeah. I can't, oh, oh, I'm not going to stop, Kevin. I'm, I'm uh, the only. I said to Belinda, like everybody, a lot of runners I know don't do it anymore. Mm. It's not. They don't want to do it anymore. It's because they can't do it. Yeah, I'll keep doing out, it. Yeah. Until my body sort of totally gives out and I don't make it, I'll keep trying to do it, you know. Mm. But I, I take um, great uh, – I've watched a few other people that have struggled um, some years and and uh, I, I don't know if either of you would know Dave King. He's a strider. No. He's, he's about 72 or 73 years old. And when I um, – was the seven-hour pacer two years ago? Mm. I think he was going to make it. He he ended up overtaking me about a kilometre from the finish. I thought he was gone. Like I kept trying to say, "Come on, Dave, stay with me, stay with me," and he just couldn't. And um, and that was two years ago. That that was when he mm. was about seventy. Then now he's seventy-two, and um, and he beat me this year. So you oh, know, there's. Good on him. I take hope from that. Yeah, sometimes you can have a bad year, but doesn't mean it's over. You just got to come back and be better trained. You know. So do you run with Jane at the back? Is she the last sweeper or the sweeper? Yeah. Look, this year was really different because because of COVID, you had the rolling. So I was way ahead of. I never saw Jane like. The, the sweepers and that come in about half an hour after me. But mm. I, you know, three and a, and there was people that were coming in after me that finished in like 
seven and a half hours. They, they were way over the cutoff, but because they started earlier, mm. they mm. were through. Like in the, if it was a normal year, I'm sure they would have been swept at some point. But yeah, because of course, yeah. if it started early enough, the, the, then the sweeper wasn't going to become an issue. So as far as I was concerned, the, you, you didn't have to worry about paces or anything. I, I just had my own splits i knew where i had to be at certain times and you know for for a long time there on the black range i was behind where i needed to be but mm. i just thought I've got to keep moving forward as long as i keep moving forward i know when i get to downhills and i can run those or plod those i should be able to make up a few minutes and that's how it turned out so do you have to qualify or you've got automatic entry Mm. No, you finish six foot, you qualify for the next year. So I'm still qualified. Mm. But if I didn't finish, <laughs> I would have to. And, uh, You'd have to qualify somewhere. Yeah. Do you know Jackie Ramsey at all? No. Name. Don't know that name. Jackie Ramsey's a strider. She actually designed the new six foot track marathon logo when they trademarked it about seven, eight years ago now. Mm. She mm. passed. Day. Yeah, I saw that. Oh. Was that unexpected? No, nah, she's been battling cancer for oh, about dear. 18 And, uh, oh. you know, a lot of people battling cancer, you think they're getting better. And, you know, a few, six months ago, we all thought she was getting better and she was overcoming it. Yeah. But uh, I, I got a message from Buzz about a week or so back saying that, she wasn't going to last much longer. And if I wanted to post a video message for her and I said, no, nah, I can't do it, mate. Sorry. I'm, I'm mm. still great. lost my son. I can't. It's just too raw. You know, I can't yeah, do yeah. it. I can't do a video message to someone who's dying. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. I just couldn't get my head around it. So, but why I bring her up is because my last year pacing two years ago, she was going for her buckle, right? And um, and there we were at the Black Range campground, and she started to fall behind, you know. And I said, "Look, you know, Jackie, you've got to keep keep pushing, keep pushing." And and she just said, "No, I can't," you know. And then so she came in. I think she came in about seven oh five. She missed mm. it by about mm. five minutes, something. So she didn't get a buckle. And then later that year, she did the thirty four k at Glenbrook. She had to requalify. Like so, you were asking mm -hmm. to have to qualify. So yep. she went through and she requalified, but because we didn't have the event last year, well, I don't know if she could have run last year because she was. I think she was just sort of about mm. six months her illness then. Anyway, um, as it turned out, you know, she requalified, but she never got to do another race because then she got sick. So. Mm. Mm. Well, the tributes yeah. on social media were very, very nice. Yesterday when, you know, all this, um, you know, talk on Facebook about all the tributes were flowing through on the Striders page, um, I, that was my last memory of her trying to get her to the finish that year and then seeing her requalify at Glenbrook, uh, you know, five months later and now now she's there. Like, mm. it just shows you just can't, mm. can't take things for granted mm. and you can't put yeah. off, you know, you can't say, oh, I'll do it next year or I'll do it. You know what I mean? You just got to keep, do, yeah, keep may doing never come. whatever it is that you're doing. You got to keep living your life. So on that, is your routine still mm. down pat in retirement, Corey? 
pretty got much a good, got a good my, routine. Yeah, my, you know, like as you know, I've got Tim and sort of provide a, a lot of day to day support for him and get him to where he needs to get and organise people to come in and take him out for a few hours and that that that's a large part of my um, day and then I've got the dogs to look after so yeah uh, I still don't have enough hours in the day it doesn't matter what you do, <laughs> have enough time <laughs> no one ever has enough hours <laughs> I always thought once I retired I was going to be able to train more and get fitter again and get faster again, but no, it hasn't happened. Yeah. I'm getting that, uh, that doesn't happen. No, I'm getting other oh, things get in the way. <laughs> so, so when you do run, do either of you guys pay attention to your heart rate? I'm experimenting with math, math, Phil Maffetone heart rate, low right, right, heart rate stuff. Do you pay attention anymore these days? Or you just run? No, I don't look at yeah, it. Just, not really. No. I did a year of uh, low heart rate running probably about 12, 13 years ago. And uh, where I built up the mileage, but just ran at a slower pace. Mm-hmm. And uh, I enjoyed it. It, it. You know, it produced great results, but um, yeah, it's it just a number of hours you have to train. I just, I just couldn't do that that sort of mileage. I think that year I I did over five thousand k's. Oh, you know, man. and. These days, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I usually end up around 4,000 these days. So. Yeah, so that's that's still a lot more too. than I do, that's for yeah. sure. <laughs> so, so when you did it, did you, so as the trade-off is the lower heart rate, it's like, it's what is it? It's 180 minus your age. So I've got to train around 120 to 130. Mm-hmm. And on mm-hmm. hills, I've got to crawl to a walk, basically, to get the heart rate down. Did you? And that's why you got to do longer runs to get the benefit of it? Is that what it is? Yeah. Well, back back then, I was I was doing a lot of ultras, so I I sort of hooked up with this New Zealand coach who ran under uh, what was the Alpha Lydia? Oh yeah, yeah, LSD yeah. long distance running. Yeah, he, he, he trained with Alpha Lydia, and he actually wow. got a bronze medal in the nineteen sixty marathon in Rome. Yep, Barry oh, McGurk. Barry McGee, yes, I know that name. Yeah, yeah. Dylan. And I, I sort of hooked – somebody mentioned him. I don't know how I found him. But anyway, I I, I sort of was on online coaching with him for a year and and it, we he just mapped out your sessions like the same sessions as he did with Arthur Lydiard and it's just a lot of low heart rate stuff. And a couple of days you sort of go a bit harder but it was it was all to do with heart rate. You you'd run like you said, Clue. A lot of the runs were my heart rate was around about one twenty yeah. back in the day. Mm-hmm. And it was always you know on most runs it would have been you know one forty to one fifty. And then when I raced, it was probably up around one sixty one seventy. Yeah. But uh, that, so this it, it was just more mileage at at one twenty, and so then. So you're not pounding your body. And so when you do race, believe it or not, you're stronger because you've done the mileage, yeah. and but you haven't smashed your joints from running too fast. Yeah, because so, the speed smashes it. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. There are a lot of people, I, I joke to some people when they say they're injured and I always say to them, it's because you're running, you run too fast. 
Yeah. And they think there's a lot in that. Yeah. I'm not joking. You know, like if you're going to keep trying to run at speed, you're going to get injured. Even me, when I try to run too fast, I get injured. You know what I mean? It's exactly right. Yeah. So did you pay attention in in your heyday, Kevin? Did you pay attention to heart your heart at all or you just ran on instinct? Uh, not really. I ran ran as I felt, you know. I just um I thought I was pretty good at judging how much I should do and how fast I should go. Um I didn't do a lot of speed work. When I did, I made sure I had good breaks before I did it again. Mm. And sort of just yeah, save a little bit for the race basically. Um and you you transitioned Seven. It wasn't as scientific, was it? No, not really. No, but um, Ron Clark's, um, you know, set all those world records. His basic training was he ran for forty to sixty minutes every day, and his two rules were not to go too fast and not to go too slow. Yeah, so he just yeah, that was it. That was his basic training. <laughs> and in May 1964-65, he had seventeen days where he just set about yeah. four or five world records. It was amazing. Yeah. 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 He raced everywhere. He, ne- he never flinched at a race. Whenever there was a race on, he was there. Yeah. And that's he's a bit he's quite critical of the people that, you know, just race spasmodically now and dodge each other and whatever. He, was, mm. he, yeah. he wasn't a fan of that. <laughs> well, a lot a lot of the guys I train with, a lot of the people I train with, they don't they probably target about two or three races a year. Yeah. I think it's in a, that's what you're trained for. You're trained to race. What are you doing? Yeah. They just spend their whole year and it's all all around two or three days out of their year. Oh, <laughs> it's interesting. It's, it's, you might get big PBs and you might get a real – but honestly, I'd go mad if I just set myself for two or three races a year. Yeah. 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 You've got, you, yeah the, the, if you're there, you may as well do more. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, I've, I've been following the there's so much happening with the Olympics. I've had been having a close look to the um the the triathlon triathletes, the yep. men and the women. Mm. And there's a there's a guy called Christian Blumenfeld, I think his name is, in um, Norway. And all the Norwegian triathletes, they're mm. training long slow distance, like the like Lydiard, and a lot of them yeah. are also doing the um um high good fats low carbo approach. Okay. A, lot of, a lot of them oh, are yeah. endurance yeah. athletes, and there's a who won't be at the Olympics, obviously. Jan Fernando, Fernando, I think his name is. If you've been following the right. Ironman stuff, he he is just phenomenal. And what he he with through his training, he's basically what they're doing is 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 they he's learned how to actually get more out of his fats, so that he's actually faster and longer. Do you know how the Ironman? I've never done Hawaii. Yeah. The Ironman, it's more a race of who slows down the. Yeah. slowest yeah. <laughs> now they're yeah. actually racing it because they they're starting to get a lot more things in their body and a lot of these these bigger distance events are going back to the stuff that you had with Lydiard, Hori. Yeah. All, and i and it'd be interesting to see there's two norwegians in the top 10 of the world and there are two spanish um male triathletes who and yeah. then the rest are a spattering of individual ones, including a guy called Jake Bisselweight. Bisselweight, I think his name is Bisselton. Mm-hmm. I think he's an Australian yeah. guy. And in the women, yeah. there are five from UK and three from United States. Wow! In the, in the top, so I'm just trying to yeah. get a sense where they're who they're training with and what they're doing. Yeah. They're doing yeah, something I, right, obviously. I, I, I met this guy. 
um, who trained in our group, um, he was following the Maffetone method. That's similar to Lydiard, but in triathlon. Yeah. And, and like he's very focused on his diet. And, and he improved heaps. Like the last time he did Ironman, I, I don't know if he qualified for Kona or he just just missed it. But, you know, like like before he did all this, he was nowhere near it. You know what I mean? But yeah. he took off this year to really have a crack. And he ended up doing the Ironman in like, you know, under 10 and a half hours. You know, it was a huge improvement for him, you know, but he was so yeah. dedicated, you know what I mean? Like really fastidious with what he ate and how he trained and you know but yeah you definitely you're going to get the results if you if you're disciplined enough you are going to get the results i guess the other side of it as well at our age ages is is that (laughs) um ages i think the thing also is is that it's about the high good fats and low carbs for a healthier lifestyle for the next number of years because even people like dave scott when he talks about it, yeah, he 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 says people kill me because I used to say high on carbohydrates, and I didn't realize this. And I'm no nutrition expert, but they're saying that the carbohydrates are basically adding sugars to your system, but also yeah. adding inflammation. Yes, and that yes. leads to an unhealthy yes. lifestyle. And and that's why mm. a lot of vegan athletes. That's why they're vegan because apparently that leads to less inflammation as well. Mm. And if you want to go well, long you know and you don't have the carbos, yeah. well, you've got to burn the fat. And so they're saying that, that, and I sort of understand that, some of my best, especially the Nepeans, if you sort of keep popping yourself up with a gel every 45 minutes, you're only burning the gel that you've just put in. So when you yeah, get to the end of the longer race, then you've got the stored carbos from the, you know, the old-fashioned carbo loading that you can yeah. hit. And then after that, if you're quick at turning into fat burning, you're okay. But I think it's about being quick to turning into fat burning. How many times have we been for a run after, a, mm. you know, a quick drink or something, and then 45, mm. 4, 30 minutes later you hit the wall and then you come out the yeah. other side, you know, because yeah. you've transitioned yeah. to fat burning. No, you've got to you've got to I, I like that method of actually training your body to burn fat. You, mm. you, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Mm. Makes a lot of sense, you know. Especially like you said, when you if you're loading up with sugars and carbohydrates, that 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 you're just burning it so quickly. You know yeah, what I mean? You end up throwing it all up again. Like <laughs> yeah, said, popping them every forty five minutes to get, yeah. and then you know within half an hour later you're flat again. You know. Yeah. Well, I remember in your race, Hori, the one that one of the ones that you do host, the um, Narrabeen one. And it was about three or four in the morning. And I remember Martin Fry used to say with the food, there's only three types of food. He said there's the there's the the acid, the neutral, and the um alkaline. So, you know, like that. So you might have a bit of an orange juice, or you might just have something bland, or you might have some um avocado or something like that. I remember in your race, I scoffed down some peaches, you know, in a tin. And as you were saying before, Kevin, once that gets into your gut. You're gone. <laughs> you know, this is coming back. <laughs> It'll come back up again. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Seen it ruin many a race for many a person. <laughs> yeah, getting the right food. And I remember Belinda, your Belinda, your Belinda, Hori, she put me on the salt tablets on the Centennial Park one. Yeah. 
and um, I, I found them really good, except when I was doing my, my, my runs around Sydney and I was running from Pennant Hills to Manly. No, oh, no, that wasn't that one. No, it was, it was a run up here. It was a run at Avoca where I, I ran, I did a loop around towards Chichitaway Bay where Paul Arthur sort of area and then doubled back around. And I took my um, salt tablet. I was a little bit later than usual at about 35 Ks. And that just sat in my gut and that came yeah. back up too. It's just, yeah. if you don't get the balance right, you're in all sorts of trouble. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to have these things at the right time. You know, it's no good trying to have them when you're already gone. If you're already gone, it's too late. Yeah, yeah. way too late then. You're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've all been no, down that right. path. All right, fellas. All right, have a good weekend. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.